Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. On 95-7, the game. Reeves throws ahead to James. Stolen by Curry. Curry picked it off. Waits for help. Now dribbles. Step back. Bounce pass to Thompson. Creating for a shot. It's good. A three ball for Clay Thompson. The Warriors are up one. Darvin Ham needs to talk it over. 9-17 to go. 10-2 run. Brings the crowd to their feet at Chase Center in game two. Yeah, the Warriors with that run top of the second quarter, fueled by Clay Thompson and the Warriors. Things were looking a little sketchy. End of the first quarter, 33-26. Lakers at that point in L.A. looking real comfortable in their offense for a second consecutive game. But the 10-2 run that turned into a 12-2 run ultimately wound up being a 41-23 Warriors second quarter. Dubs then chased it with a 43-24 third quarter. It was a monster night for Clay Thompson. 8 of 11 from 3, scores 30 points in 31 minutes. Steph Curry just controlling the game. Draymond Green doing a little bit of everything in this one to the tune of 11 points, 11 boards, and 9 assists. While the Warriors ramped up the defense, and uh, they go on to blow out the Lakers in Game 2 of this Western Conference Semifinal Series, 127-100. to 100. It really wound up not even being that close as we welcome the inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson coming to you from Chase Center as uh, the series is now tied at uh, one game apiece. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here tonight as the Warriors even things up in blowout fashion and they'll head to LA with this thing tied at a game apiece for game three to be played on Saturday four to be played on Monday and the Warriors now know there will be a game five right back here at Chase Center on Wednesday so six nights from tonight that's going to be a seven o'clock tip part of a TNT doubleheader on that night and so back and forth we go with the seven six and now seven o'clock tip for the third game in this series that's going to be played in this building. Uh, A lot to like for the Warriors tonight, who spoke confidently coming off of game one about the things that they felt they could easily correct and do better in this game tonight. And I laid out a bunch of different potential adjustments on Warriors Live before the game and number one at the top of the list was more Draymond Green on Anthony Davis after Davis got off in, in game one. And the Warriors put Draymond Green on Anthony Davis from the jump. And it was a different Anthony Davis tonight. Minus 22, 11 points. Draymond able to stay out of foul trouble. And he really was the, the engine that fueled everything 
uh, although the Warriors did find themselves down seven at, at the end of, of the first quarter. More small ball for the Warriors in this one, and more small ball in part due to an illness to Kevon Looney, with, which left him a couple of hours before the game unable to start. And so the Warriors with a decision to make as to who's going to go in for Loon after Loon had the double-double and 23-point rebound performance in game one. Well, up steps Jamichael Green, tapped on the shoulder, from Steve Kerr and inserted into the starting lineup. And Jamichael Green going to get some open looks based on the way the Lakers defend the Warriors. And Jamichael Green able to bring his usual tenacity and physicality, but he also brought some shot-making in a couple of six-plus-minute shifts at the beginning of the first and third quarters here. Three of six from three. He was three of three on the inside. 15 points for Jamichael Green and points in minutes that really needed to be absorbed. He didn't play a lot among those who were in the regular rotation, but just his ability to play 12 and a half solid minutes. Kevon Looney probably was going to be capped at around 20, Steve Kerr said in his post-game press conference. So just to be able to get through half the game with Jamichael and Kevon Looney at that center spot, knowing that the Warriors wanted to play small for the remainder of the night, uh, just, just some huge, huge minutes from Jamichael Green uh, in this one. The Warriors ramped up the defense in the middle two quarters, just 47 points total for the Lakers in the middle two quarters as the Warriors just walloped the Lakers in the second and third quarters combined. 84-47. 84-47 Warriors in quarter number two and quarter number three combined, and they basically made the Lakers tap out. Lakers looked like they were really into it early. First quarter felt like an extension of of game one in a lot of ways. But the Warriors come out when things were looking a little bit dicey. You got LeBron James making fadeaway three-pointers off the glass at the end of the shot clock. And you're kind of thinking, oh, what is going on here? Uh, Knowing full well that the Lakers are a tough matchup. But the Warriors backed up a lot of the things that they said quietly and confidently that they could do against this Lakers team tonight in in a big-time way, and uh, they're able to, to win the game in blowout fashion. And now as the series shifts to Los Angeles, the Warriors have to have some confidence that they can continue to play well away from Chase Center, which of course is something that they hadn't been able to do at any point during the regular season or those first couple of games in Sacramento in the first round series. But the Warriors now riding a two-game road winning streak into Los Angeles in the now-called Crypto.com. I I call it the Crypt. (laughs) There used to be Staples down there in in downtown Los Angeles for for games three and four. Uh, 21-42. That's going to cut it just about any night from three-point range. So the Warriors now consecutive games in this series where they are able to hit 21 three-pointers. But I really like the fact that the Warriors didn't overshoot the three in in this game tonight. Again, it's it's never really a bad thing if you hit the 40% marker as they did the other night or brushed right up against it, I guess, 39.6 technically on the 21 of 53. But... 21 of 42 tonight, and one of the big adjustments that we talked a lot about the other night as far as the Warriors offensively, they had to be better in the paint, not only at slowing the Warriors down, but or slowing the Lakers down in the paint. The Lakers got 
54 paint points in game one, but they did it at a 57% shooting clip. The Warriors were 40% in the paint. A lot of missed layups, the 10 block shot. Lakers had three block shots in this game. The Warriors were much more patient. They were taking advantage of obvious driving lanes that were presented to them by the, the Lakers' defense. Draymond Green a couple of different times just putting his head down in space and getting to the rim before anybody could be able to even sniff an attempt at trying to alter or block a shot. Uh, but the Warriors were just more buttoned up. They drew Anthony Davis out a little bit. They got the ball behind him. Their their attacks were much more, much more uh, patient. I thought tonight, and so the Warriors after the fourteen to thirty five, they had more paint makes in this game before halftime than they did for the entirety of Game One. Fifteen point makes uh, in the paint, and they were 15, 14 of. 25 at one point after being 14 to 35 in game one they ended up I think 15 to 28 when it was all said and done they had a little rough spell at the end of the second quarter but the Warriors wind up for the night 24 of 46 and the Warriors win the points in the paint battle in game two 48 to 42 if the Warriors are going to win the points in the paint battle hell even keep it even hell even keep it within say 10 in this series and they're able to shoot the three ball at the clip that they've been able to shoot the three ball in this series, and things can change dramatically, obviously, heading down to Southern California and and heading down on the road. But if the Warriors are able to do that, look out. I mean, this is a series where they start to look like they've got some more offensive weapons and, and some balance. And once they put a little bit more pressure on the Lakers, to score at a higher clip than the Lakers are comfortable with, that's when the Lakers, uh, you know, a couple bad shots can turn into a, a furious run, and then the Warriors able to ramp up the defense as well, as we talked about in those second and third quarters. And that really set things up uh, it, to where the Lakers all of a sudden didn't look quite as comfortable, and the Warriors challenged in the paint at a higher level, especially early. Uh, compared to what they did the other night. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Want to hear from you. I think Warrior fans feeling good. Series tied at a game apiece, and the Warriors backing up a lot of their talk from Game 1 to Game 2 and letting it all hang out in those middle two quarters to turn this thing into a blowout. All right, let's get to the phones. Again, 888-957-9570. We'll start with Idris and Hayward getting us going here tonight on a Thursday on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Idris? Warriors, look, man, come on. I, I called earlier and told them I'm not worried. Who would have thought Jermichael Green would have more points than Anthony Davis? That that just <laughs> lets you know how tonight went. I mean, Curry adjusted. Got, uh, got They tried to double him, and he got Clay going. DiVincenzo, Looney, Moody, they gave us some great minutes. And uh, I love how Draymond Green played AD. Like, yeah, he's undersized, but he was letting it know that I do not care. He, 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 they didn't make it easy for him. And, I mean, I mean, it was literally a 30-point game. And then Steve Kerr leaving us in this, like, no, 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 we're going to steal this. And then LeBron gets a technical. He's crying over a foul. Like, it's a 26-point game. I was like, literally – LeBron James had his Draymond moment. So it's like, all we got to do now is head to L.A., snatch one up, you know, but great job, uh, Warriors. And, and you know what? 
they need to play DiVincenzo more over over uh, Poole. I think Poole needs to kind of settle down. But great win. Let's go, Dub. Yeah, not a great night for Jordan Poole in his 15 minutes. Uh, was really fighting it tonight. Uh, ended up with, with just six points and three of six and didn't make a three. But the one thing about Dante DiVincenzo, and we've talked about this a lot, is the fact that when he plays more, he plays better. And Idris, you may be onto something as this series goes on if Jordan Poole continues to be more like the Jordan Poole we saw tonight as opposed to the Jordan Poole, uh, which still was a little bit of a high-wire act, to be honest, in, in game one, even though he did score the ball at a much more efficient clip with the 21 points and the, and the six threes. But I think you might be onto something as far as DiVincenzo goes and, and looking around at a lot of the bench players tonight as well. Moses Moody was really solid. He hit his shots early, uh, not as much in mop-up time, but he finished with, with 10 points. You know, Gary Payton II was somebody that didn't play until essentially mop-up time. Uh, in this one, and Moses Moody, his his youth, his ap- athleticism, his steady play allowed for him to get some of Gary Payton II's minutes tonight. And yeah, DiVincenzo did take some of Jordan Poole's minutes tonight because Poole wasn't playing very well, and, and you nailed it, Idris. How about you, Michael Green, with more points than Anthony Davis? Nobody would have believed that considering how well Anthony Davis played right back here in this building on on Tuesday night. Pretty pretty incredible, and Warriors checked a lot of different boxes in this one. And, yeah, Steph Curry controlling the game, 20 points, 12 assists, just making the right play, and and really just commanding the game like a true point guard tonight, finding the hot hand, making sure the Warriors are getting into their offense effectively and trying to take advantage in this game of the way that the Lakers were trying to defend them from the first game. And look, we've seen it all before when the Warriors go down to Southern California and play in that building. They've had some clunkier shooting type games uh, in that building but I think the Warriors have to as, as much as momentum is a thing and I don't really think momentum ever really is a thing from from game to game in the playoffs especially when you switch venues I think the Warriors momentum aside because I don't want to make it about that I think the Warriors have some confidence that that they figured the things they thought they figured out in game one they were able to execute in game two and now as these series tend to tend to do it's it's on the Lakers to make an adjustment and which team has more adjustments that they can go to in an attempt to to try and flip things back in in their favor and so that's what the next couple of days are all about before 5 30 pacific time on Saturday down in southern California Philmo Mike 888-957-9570 what's going on Philmo hey what's good what's good JD um Jermichael he had a great game. He kind of had a, uh, I think, a disappointing season, but in a weird way, I'm glad it kind of redeemed him because a lot of Warrior fans always wanted Jermichael Green on the low. It's weird when we when he signed him, I was like, yeah, we finally got. I always wanted Jermichael Green, honestly. Uh, also, Moody's very good. He shows up big. He 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 just plays. He he's. They said he's a grown man. He's definitely a grown man. Draymond on AD. Draymond got him tonight. I've seen a lot of Draymond and AD battles. Sometimes AD get the best of Draymond. Sometimes Draymond usually Draymond get him. So he got him tonight. And then um, last thing I want to look at 
the effectiveness when AD is balling out of control versus LeBron balling out of control. I think sometimes, you know, you want certain players to score. Just keep scoring. LeBron and I kind of reminded me of like the Cavaliers version where he early on he was just scoring all the points. But that's not always effective, especially against the Warriors. So I just, I'm going to look at that throughout the series when AD's scoring a lot and killing versus when LeBron is killing and how the Warriors are playing. And I think they'll be playing better when LeBron is killing versus when AD is killing. Yeah, I'm with you, Philmo. I, I think it, the Lakers need Anthony Davis to be scoring at a high clip in this series. LeBron's going to get his numbers no matter what. And how about LeBron? He was a, a game worst minus 27 tonight defensively not there although he was making some shots early but yeah taking Anthony Davis's scoring ability away I think is paramount even if that means LeBron's going to be taking a lot of shots and scoring a lot of points and he ended up because the game turned into a blowout only with with 23 the Comcast business text line from the 415 brings up a really good point which is JD the Warriors held D'Lo and Schroeder in check tonight yes they did 19 points apiece for D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder in game one. And tonight it was 10 for D'Angelo Russell, and it was four for Dennis Schroeder. So you look at it there, and it was basically 24 points less for those two. And the Warriors did a much better job at limiting the impact there. And Hachimura got him a little bit. In that second quarter when the Warriors were going off, I thought he prevented an avalanche that looked like it was destined to happen by knocking down a couple of threes, but the avalanche wound up happening anyway with the Warriors and the way they were able to finish that half. And 41-23, and you look up at the end of it, and the Warriors did did make the most of it, uh, leading by 11 going in there uh, at the break. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game as the Warriors win Game 2. Western semifinals, 127 to 100 is the final. And really in the second half, it wound up not even that close uh, in in this one. Uh, As far as Jermichael Green goes, before we get back to the the calls, Jermichael Green did have a disappointing season. And and I'm glad Philmo brought that up because I think a lot of Warrior fans did like and want Jermichael Green and thought maybe he could fill some of the void left by Otto Porter Different type of player, though, and you know, not as smooth with the three-point shot, maybe a little bit more physical in, in the paint, but he had a couple of different injuries this year. I think he had a, a, an infection where he wound up in the hospital, and it just didn't look like he was a, a great fit at times, and Steve Kerr went with other options. And I think a lot. it went from a lot of Warrior fans liked and thought he could help, at the beginning of the season to gulping tonight when he was put in the starting lineup with the Warriors down 0-1. But Jermichael Green was huge in this one, and you can't help but feel good for for Jermichael Green considering the season he's had. And, I mean, really, it's it's him and Moses Moody both are helping the Warriors win playoff games when both of them really hardly played at all for, for good chunks of of the regular season. That's why you always got to be ready. And uh, Jamichael Green was ready, and I think that adds to why 
uh, so many of his teammates and, and Steve Kerr are comfortable in shouting him out uh, and being so happy for him to make the impact that he made on the game tonight. And he's going to get all the open shots he wants. If he can knock down a couple three three-pointers in 10 to 12 minutes, then that basically, you know, that's the Lakers, you know, what they're trying to do, being able to to use it against them. It'll open other things up for some of the other players as, as well. Uh, let's keep it rolling on the phones. 888-957-9570. Rob in Walnut Creek is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up tonight on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Rob. Oh, we lost Rob. 888-957-9570. Got a couple of lines open here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Comcast Business Text Line, Moses Moody out there manhandling the Lakers. That's his bright spot now and in the future. No doubt uh, that that's – I mean, Moses Moody has been a factor, and, and Moses Moody was a factor tonight. And we talked about steady beat Sacramento. Well, steady helps beat the Lakers too. And, you know, having a little bit of a younger player out there with some juice, Moody's got some some girth to him, I think, for, for maybe not totally having the height to him. And that's another one of these feel-good stories, I think, for the Warriors here uh, as these playoffs go on. And I, I jokingly said this, and I'm not I'm not saying it to be snarky, uh, but in, in some ways, I mean, you know, one thing going against the grain – to the negative can sometimes turn into a positive, and and I'll phrase it this way: you know, Jonathan Kaminga not playing well in the Sacramento series opened the door for Steve Kerr to go to Moses Moody, and Moses Moody was really good from game two on in Sacramento. He played well enough in that game. It was a cauldron in that building in Sacramento the night that Draymond got into it and got kicked out for the flagrant foul on Sabonis. And Moses Moody was in that game, late third, early fourth quarter, place is rocking, uh, and he just seemed to fit right in, no problem, to the point where you knew he was going to get time in game three and then game four, and he was going to be a playable in game five right back there. And he just wound up having a rotation slot for the remainder of the series. And sometimes, again, a negative can turn into a positive, and I know there's a lot of disappointed Warrior fans that, that Kaminga hasn't been playing and, and hasn't played well when he has played and has gotten himself a little bit buried on the bench here, at least for now, including the game tonight. But if Kaminga doesn't play or doesn't play poorly, Moody may not get this opportunity and Moses Moody's done the rest. He's made the most of this opportunity and he's been huge for, for the Warriors throughout the, the playoffs. And again, big in this one tonight. He ends up with seven boards in, in the game. Ten points, seven boards, played 25 minutes, and he's somebody that you're real comfortable soaking up some minutes. And like I said, I think he got a little of Jordan Poole's time. I think DiVincenzo got most of Jordan Poole's time, and that's where he ended up playing closer to that 25- to 28-minute mark, which has been better for DiVincenzo. When DiVincenzo plays 25-30, to 30, he's been a much more effective player for the Warriors this season. And Moody got some of Gary Payton the seconds run. And I think the Warriors have noted in this series early already that they have to be careful how many non-threatening offensive players they put on the court. And Moody is a more threatening offensive player than Payton. Payton really only hits you with a corner three or a dunker spot lay-in or, or dunk. Uh, and so I think that's where Moody, as a threat, is somebody that that – 
throws off what the Lakers are trying to do at a at a greater level uh, than somebody like Peyton, who's you know, kind of game to game. There's been games where he's looked really bouncy and energetic. There's been some other games where it's looked like maybe Peyton isn't fully 100%, so being able to spare him in some games to maybe play him in other games is is a low-key unintended consequence of, of just where he's at. And so I, I think you know Moody's ability to – to score it a little bit, Jamichael Green's ability to score it a little bit, I think prevents the Warriors from having players that the Lakers are just completely and and utterly comfortable with taking as many shots as possible and helping off of. We've seen them help off of Draymond, help off of Looney, help off of Kaminga when they played back in February down in, in L.A. Uh, early in a game where they just, hey, we're not going to guard you. You can shoot. And I think that ability to pack the paint – is why they've had so much success against the Warriors at times in blocking shots and building a wall. Well, if some of these guys that are in the rotation now for the Warriors are a little bit more threatening, it does make the Lakers pay and tend to open things up uh, a little bit more. 888-957-9570. All right, we got full phone lines here just like that. A lot of people that want to get in here. We've got your secret sauce of the game coming up as well. But uh, let's keep this thing rolling on the phone lines. We'll probably run until 11 o'clock here tonight from Chase Center. Warrior fans feeling good. Series tied at a game apiece with game three and four to be played in L.A. Saturday and Monday. But back to the phones we go. And that's Dirty in San Jose is up first here uh, on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Dirty? Hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I know you're on there and you got a lot of calls right now, so I'm going to make it quick. I just wanted to touch on um, some stuff that maybe, you know, guys might have noticed or not noticed, but I knew uh, that if Jermichael was going to hit some corner threes, it was going to stretch AD and make him want to uh, or need to respect us as far as uh, having a center out there as, as a scorer. Um, Looney struggled in game one, and I noticed right away that all I had to say to myself was, okay, this is not Sabonis. So um, we made yeah. the proper adjustments. I really love the way Curry absorbed the double teams tonight and was looking to pass immediately instead of waiting to get clobbered. And um, that made a huge difference because I've seen on one play that made a huge difference to me was when Draymond cut directly to the hole and did not wait. And that made the Lakers have to open up their eyes on defense. And honestly, they're in shambles right now. I really like the way we expose them. It's going to be a different animal going to L.A. I understand that. But um, I think if we keep the same pace, of course, Clay went off. But I think if we keep the same pace and keep the same lineup, I know Poole has to um, at least get better than what he played tonight. So we're we're looking up from here. Thanks for taking the well, call. This is I appreciate the f- it, man. Yeah, thanks, Dirty. This was the first night just on Poole where it seems like maybe Steve Kerr had a little bit of an alternative because DiVincenzo gave the Warriors enough to, to put him out on the floor. The, keeping the pace up, absolutely. The Warriors want to run, 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 and run some more. And I think they're trusting that even though they're an older team, just like the Lakers are an older team, that they're more used to running and playing at that pace and that the Lakers aren't going to be able to keep up as the Warriors go smaller as this thing moves forward, even with the games coming every other day. Now, as far as what you look at from game one to game two, game two to game three, I mean, this was a blowout both ways. So both teams were able to get a little bit of extra rest. LeBron only played 28. Davis still played 33, uh, but the Warriors were able to shorten some minutes. Curry didn't even play 30. Clay was at 31. Wiggins was at 30. 
you know, Draymond 28, that bodes well moving forward here for both teams to really have some extra juice in the tank for Saturday night in L.A. Gideon in Silicon Valley is next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Gideon, how are you doing tonight? You're on uh, with J.D. here on 95.7 The Game. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I just want to bring out and uh, give the due credit to Jamichael Green. Uh, I, before the game even started, before I knew Looney, Looney was sick, uh, I said Jamichael Green and uh, Moses Moody were going to be big in the next game. I thought uh, Steve Kerr would make those adjustments. What he, uh, Jamichael Green brings to the table is he brings the physicality on defense. Uh, he's not just a, a traffic cone like some say that pool is, but he still has that touch from three. Um, so what that's going to do is it's going to bring AD out. And with the Warriors uh, running around and Steph running around and Clay running around off screens, AD's going to fall asleep and he's going to run back to the paint and Jermichael Green is going to be wide open. So I thought that that was a great move. Um, not only did I think that that was a great move, but I also could appreciate the fact that the Warriors just, just kept, kept it pouring it on. I mean, they just kept giving the ball to the hot player. Um, everybody stays ready. Um, and, and, and Poole is a great player. But just in different series, you know, you just got to go with the players that make sense, and the physicality and the paint is definitely needed. Uh, LeBron James, um, before he even went on the tear um, in Cleveland, we uh, he's shooting twos and us shooting threes was always going to be LeBron James. So LeBron James is not a great shooter. Um, he's gotten better, but he's not a great shooter in order to, to beat Steph Clay, uh, Stephen Clay. Thanks, Gideon. Good, good stuff there. Yeah, the corner threes. And the physicality from Jamichael Green are two things that play very well in this series because because Jamichael Green is a like he he likes to to get in there and bang around w- with people he he really does uh, Curry's just ability to be decisive uh, and I, I'm agreeing with you as far as pouring it on like no drama tonight like the last thing you want when you're already down 0-1 in a series is too much drama to get the thing tied so no drama. You know, kind of similar to the Warriors' first win of the last series against Sacramento here at Chase Center, where it was kind of dicey. People were a little uneasy. I think, in many ways, the Warriors were more confident going into this game tonight than they were even going into Game Three. Although clearly they had some adjustments they felt they could make on Sacramento, and and those proved to be true with the Warriors winning four of those last five games to to take the series in seven. But I think you always kind of wonder when a team speaks after a loss about thinking they have some things figured out and whether or not that will stand up. Well, it, it stood up in a big way tonight, and now the Warriors have to be feeling good about game three and four. Andres in South City. What's going on, Andres? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, J.D.? I just got a couple of things, man. Um, first, what do you think of the referees? I know the yeah, game one was – a little bit, I don't know, kind of obvious to one side, you know, more than the other. Uh, but what do you think of the referees tonight? And then uh, do you think that, you know, the 10 minutes are coming up late, you know, do they make enough, for, you know, to put them in the rotation? Also, you know, I want to say, I think Clay's defense on uh, AR, you know, on Reeves has been amazing. He's got 10 points in the first game and seven, I think, tonight. But to me, that was their X factor for the Lakers. Uh, you know, they had a little bit of advantage on that end. So I don't know. What do you think, man? Yeah, three good things to hit on. I didn't even notice the officials really tonight, which I think is a good thing. That's that's a that's all right. I, I like that. Just looking at the free throws, ten of seventeen for the Lakers, ten of sixteen for the Warriors. So they talked about needing to close the gap, and they did close the gap. Lakers shot one more free throw; it was even. 
in terms of makes. The Warriors were 10 of 16. Lakers 10 of 17, so both 10 makes. Warriors with the huge advantage at the three-point line, plus 33 there, and they wind up winning the game by 27 at 127 to 100. So didn't notice the officials. Clay was on d at the beginning tonight, and I thought Clay did a nice job slowing D'Angelo Russell down, which was something that I wouldn't have necessarily anticipated in, in this game. I know Clay does like to, to guard primary ball handlers a little bit more, and it's probably what he's best at in terms of his mentality, even as maybe some of the physical ability has waned some or isn't quite as consistent as it as it used to be. So I, I think you look at, at Clay tonight, and he, he did a really nice job defensively uh, in, in the game tonight after looking like there was some, some potential trouble uh, with some of the matchups, and that was kind of a, a subtle little change for the Warriors early on in this game was was kind of taking note of, all right, who's going to guard who? They put Draymond right on Anthony Davis right away. Jermichael Green was on Vanderbilt. Curry was on Reeves after Curry had been on Vanderbilt in, in game one, and that left Clay Thompson to be the guy that was on D'Angelo Russell, and, and he did a nice job. As far as Kaminga goes, I, I, I'll just say this, and – I think it's time, and, I, and I'm saying this, and I'm not going to take a tone or be snarky or, 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 or get, get agitated about it, but I think it's just real. I think it's just time to, start, to stop talking about Jonathan Kaminga and whether or not he should be playing or shouldn't be playing until he actually gets out there in, in some meaningful minutes. And you know, caller asked, so I, I will answer the question, and I, I do appreciate it, Andres. No, I don't think he did anything tonight that, that – puts him in the rotation for the next game. Uh, but, you know, at, at this point, you know, I don't want to crush him, but I, I don't think we should really be talking about it, you know, at this point until he plays. The Warriors have been able to win games without him to this point, you know, in in a couple of series, and I'm not sure what's going on, how much of it was the poor play in the Sacramento series. If maybe now there's a lack of trust because there's been a couple of different reports that, that his attitude hasn't exactly been great in dealing with the fact that, that he hasn't been playing as much or with as big a role as, as he felt he's due. But I, I think it's time to stop just stop doing this every night when Kaminga doesn't play and he's not in the rotation and, and saying, should he, could he? I mean, hell, I even bought into it on Warriors Live. I thought there was some potential for Kaminga to, you know, if he was going to get run tonight, felt like a night where maybe he would get run after the Warriors surveyed uh, what, you know, how the Lakers were defending. But uh, I, I just think we all, we need to give it a breather at this point. He's he's uh, 20 years old. He's going to have a nice career, I'm sure. But there just continues to be this this gap. I feel like between how good a player a lot of the fans think he is right now and how good of a player he actually is right now. And again, not a statement to what he becomes, uh, but it, there's just something more going on, I think, right now behind the scenes to where he thought he was going to have a bigger role. He didn't, I think, in part because Wiggins and Peyton were were back and playing uh, come playoff time. So he thought he was going to have a bigger role. He didn't. They gave him an opportunity in a smaller role, he didn't play well in the smaller role. In fact, he played so badly in the smaller role that it became better to not play him at all than to try to play him in the smaller role 
And then there's been some reports that he was pouting about the smaller role, even though he didn't play well and felt he still deserved a bigger role. And so to me, it's one thing to say, hey, he didn't play well, and this is why he's not playing. And I think that's explanation enough. But I think for it to get to the point where he basically hasn't played at all until mop-up duty in either of the first two games, I think that tells you that there's a little bit more going on maybe behind the scenes as far as how he's handled not playing well and not playing versus just the simple fact that he hasn't played well or or hasn't played. Uh, That's going to be my two cents on it. Uh, And again, I'm saying this with no snark or agitation or anger or anything like that uh, because sometimes I'd let the frustration for for kind of the way Kaminga is spoken of by the fan base – you know, lead me down a path that, that can be a little off-putting when, when you know, breaking down his game. But I think it's just time to stop talking about him <laughs> until he plays. He'll, eventually, he'll get an opportunity. Moses Moody got an opportunity because Kaminga struggled. That's a positive to come out of a, a negative situation. And I think at this point, Kaminga just has to wait and has to, to just relax and be ready. Because somebody's going to get in foul trouble or somebody's going to get injured or somebody's going to play poorly and that's going to be his legitimate opportunity to get back in the rotation and how well he plays when he gets that opportunity. Just like Moody in Game 2 in Sacramento, he's just going to have to wait now for that. And hopefully when he does get that opportunity, because inevitable, inevitably if the Warriors continue playing in the playoffs, he will get that opportunity. And then it's a matter of, Will he play well enough to continue to get opportunities and things can change in a blank? Nobody, and I mean nobody, would have expected that Moses Moody would be a rotation player in eight of the first nine Warriors playoff games. Nobody would have anticipated that, yet here we are. There's still an opportunity, I think, for Kaminga moving forward, but he's going to have to wait. He's going to have to wait to tell somebody else opens a door for him, either with an injury or foul trouble or or poor play. All right, let's sneak one more in here before we pause. We'll keep it going. 888-957-9570. Dave in Fremont is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's going on, Dave? Hey, J.D. Thanks for taking the call. Wow, beautiful game. I love the energy. That's exactly strength in numbers right there. That's the the way the Warriors should play. Everybody engaged and um, moving around, hounding, uh, but playing clean ball, per se, um, and just taking care of each individual's spot on the floor. I think there was just amazing energy. And we we see Moses Moody coming along from the day, you know, we, we got him over there in the, in the gym. He, he's stable. He, he's, he's just, he's, he attacks when he needs to, but he's very sturdy. And that's the thing, the difference between Poole and, and uh, him, right? Moses is, there's a stability factor there. And, but man, this is a great matchup, a great series. And um, I think the Lakers are in trouble. If the Warriors continue to play with this energy and this cohesion, um, we're going to do uh, damage and go to the next level for sure. What do you think, J.D.? Thanks for the call. One game at a time. That's what I think. One game at a time. Once you get into, into these series, things can change fast, and the, the mood swings from one game to the next can be dramatic, when you, whether your team wins or, or loses. But 
yeah, the engagement was great. The defense was great. The ball movement was great. The Warriors played just with a tremendous amount of purpose, I thought, uh, in the game tonight. And, and they showed out. They, they made a lot of the adjustments that we spent the better part of the last couple of days uh, talking about. And, and they talked about it. And then they went out and, and they backed it up. So 8 at 8 9 5 7 90, Warriors 127, Lakers 100, 45 strong minutes uninterrupted here to begin. Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. we got the secret sauce of the game coming up. We'll get to Jake. We'll get to Cameron. We'll get to Nathan coming up here as well. Uh, all of that, Kate and Concord. We'll get to you coming up on the other side as well. Secret sauce. We'll hear from some players in the interview room. And, and how you feeling about this series as the Warriors tie it up? heading to L.A. We'll get into all of that. We're going to keep the show rolling until 11 o'clock here, so one more hour to come. John Dickinson at Chase Center. Warriors beat the Lakers 127-100 to right here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Clooney pumping, pumping, bounce pass threw it away. DiVincenzo goes to the deck to get it and throws a bounce pass from his backside to Wiggins over to Curry. Curry fades left, goes up with a three. It's good! Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, Tim Roy in the call there. Warriors 127, Lakers 100. Back here at Chase Center, 888-957-9570. Comcast Business Text Line, that is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text as well. Secret sauce of the game coming up here in just a moment. But let's get back to the phones as promised. And let's get it rolling again here with Jake in Walnut Creek. Up first here, top of the 10 o'clock hour. Warriors tie the series at a game apiece. What's going on tonight, Jake? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hi, how's it going? I just, uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to uh, Sam Lubman, who, uh, you know, works on the show with you guys, um, played football with him back in the day. So shout out to Sam. 
And, awesome. uh, you know, I just wanted to talk about, you know, what a great game this was. We went up by 30. We got to see the guys play, you know, seeing Kamiga come in and hit a couple shots, seeing Moody do his thing, you know, off the bench. That was awesome. And you know what? Clay Thompson, man, that is, we always talk about game six, Clay, you know, Clay comes in clutch whenever we need him. He's just, whenever somebody is slacking off a little bit, Clay is there to pick it up. And I just got a shout out to him and, you know, friend of the show here. And I, you know, love what you guys do. Um, and, you know, go Warriors, man. Go Warriors. All right. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you checking in. Uh, Clay was huge. I mean, he, he was the headline in this game tonight. 11 of 18, 8 of 11 from 3, 30 points in 31 minutes. And, you know, the, the Clay games, I feel like, come when you're not expecting them to <laughs> a little bit more, and that's fine. But Clay being able to have a, a nuclear game and, and really, you know, you look at, at the first couple of games, you know, coming off of he didn't shoot the three terribly in, in game one, but he didn't shoot overall very well. And, and I think, you know, the 18 shots is about the right number for Clay Thompson. Typically when Clay gets into the 20s, part of the reason he gets into the 20s is because he's missing and he's, he's hunting and he's chasing and he's trying to get it back. Tonight it was just efficiency and, and supreme efficiency in, in this one. And, and look, you know Clay wants to show out with his pops uh, being on the other side broadcasting the games. Uh, on the Lakers side, you know as somebody that grew up going to then Staples Center as a, as a kid and, and hanging out with those, those dynasty Lakers teams of the early 2000s from being around his dad. He wants to show out down in, in, in SoCal. And so all of that. Uh, you know, Clay. Sometimes I think you know, he's almost trying a little too hard to to bring it in the biggest moments, rather than just getting out there and, and letting it rip and letting the game come to him. Tonight, he let it rip and let the game come to him, and he was hot. And the Warriors are just incredibly tough to beat if they're going to shoot the ball the way that they shot the ball tonight. And you can say, well, JD, they made twenty one threes in the first game. They made twenty one threes in the first game with 12 more attempts they made the same amount of threes they made on Tuesday night and they shot the three they shot 11 fewer threes and still made 21 that level of efficiency off the charts and you're not beating the Warriors you're not beating the Warriors if they hit 21 of 42 from three-point range and tonight the Warriors were able to clean up a lot of the interior problems which I think flipped the game uh, in their direction. Cameron in Antioch, 888-957-9570. Hey, Cameron, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Yo, yo, how you doing? You, you can hear me? Yep, loud and clear, Hello? Cameron. What's okay, up, man? Okay, I got yeah. you. I just uh, left the game. It was a good one. I just want to say, like, it's uh, Steve Curry saying, like, what a wrong man. Why does he have the starters in while we're up 30 points? Like, it does not make no sense. They just had a game seven and a grueling game one. Like, why are the starters playing when we're up 30? That was the perfect time for Kamiga and the youngest to get some real run while they had their real players out. Like, Well, nobody, Cameron, does it for a whole quarter. Now, the Lakers did do it tonight the Lakers pulled everybody at the top of the the fourth quarter 
and the Warriors were up 30, as as you mentioned, after the 43-24 third quarter. They were up 30 at that point. It was, what, 110-80 to 80 going into the fourth quarter. The Lakers pulled everybody. And I think you could make the case that the Warriors held out maybe a minute or two too long. But typically what you want to make sure of there is that, that you don't, let it get down to 20 in a blink. Like the, the 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 worst thing that could happen there is you go to the bench and and I just don't think Steve Kerr trusts even in a situation where you're up 30 playing five bench guys with too much time left in the game because all it takes is one little 12-2 or 10-0 run and all of a sudden there's still 9 minutes left, 10 minutes left in the game. And then maybe the Lakers start thinking about chasing it a little bit. Or then you take your guys out and then you end up having to put them back in. That's that's the, the real reason why teams wait. And I think you could make the case, you know, this is a game the Warriors had to obviously get. And they had it in hand. And the Lakers waved the white flag uh, and, and basically surrendered at the top of the fourth quarter. But you don't ever, as a coach, want to sub all your regulars out and then get in a situation where you have to put them back in. And so I think you wait an extra minute or two with the assurance that the game's going to be at a point where you're not going to have to put them back in. And the irony is that the Lakers even trimmed, I think, four off the lead. And Steve Kerr, I, I think, you know, cooler heads prevailed at that point, and they got everybody out and, and moved forward from there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear where you're coming from uh, as far as that goes. Nathan in Pleasant Hill, 888 Next year on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Nathan. Hey, J.D. Uh, just wanted to talk about a few things. I think picking up on what you were saying with Clay having such an efficient night, uh, I think that really allowed um, Steph to not have to exert as much energy. He was. Uh, it made Steph more efficient, you know, 20 points, 12 assists, involved in a lot of plays, but getting rid of the ball early. Um, you know, Jermichael obviously did his thing and helped stretch the floor out a little bit. But, you know, Steve Kerr said it at the end of game one. Um, you know, it's all about um, taking a look at what adjustments they need to make. And, man, we got a great coaching staff. They, and the players are just really smart. You could just see the way they were attacking things. I mean, um, getting rid of the ball early, um, putting a little bit more pressure on AD on defense, making them hit those settle for those outside shots. But I mean, did we see Draymond Green pull up for a mid range jumper and hit that? I mean, so, um, yeah, they, you could see that their game plan, they were, they were focused on it and, uh, helps when you're, when you're making shots. It was a, it was a really good win. Yeah. And, and, and the Warriors did show, I think some desperation once they got down seven at the end of the first quarter as well, where the defense turned up. And that was the biggest concern for me into the first quarter, Lakers are up seven. It looked sort of like an extension of the game the other night in game one. And the Lakers just looked really comfortable offensively. By the half, okay, they don't quite look as comfortable. Into the third quarter, it looked like the Warriors could defend it. But I think part of that was the fact that the Warriors were were getting better offense. And it's tough as this thing goes on. I think it's going to be maybe for the Lakers to be able to keep up if the Warriors are playing offense at a at a super high level and they were at a at a premium level there in the second and the third quarters with the 41 and the and the 43 spots there uh but you know we talked about it a lot and I think it's a good a good opportunity to reset here as 
the Warriors win 127 to 100 here on 95.7 the game. It's John Dickinson on Warriors wrap-up series tied at a game apiece as far as the adjustments. And we talked about it. More Draymond on Anthony Davis. Check. Anthony Davis, completely different player in this one. Draymond wasn't in foul trouble. He was able to do his thing. More Draymond on AD means a less effective AD. Go small and try to run the Lakers bigs. Warriors did that. Uh, they, they start Jermichael Green because of Kevon Looney's illness. Jermichael Green helps by making a couple of shots here, scoring 15 points. Warriors were able to go small more frequently throughout the game, and they ran the Lakers bigs. They got the tempo up. They got great looks. And the Warriors have been able to ignite their defense, I think, when they've been able to play at that tempo. So that box gets checked as well. More Curry on the ball. Uh, and I, I said more Curry on the ball looking to cook. And Curry was looking to cook tonight, but he was cooking with the pass and not the shot. And there was more Curry on the ball, which is going to invite these double teams, which means Curry's going to have to be decisive. And Curry was exceptional in terms of being decisive and kicking the ball and letting the rest of the team go to work against the Lakers. More patience and ball movement on the interior. The Warriors fixed their interior problem from game one to game two. Really both ways, but in particular, I thought the more glaring problem was the inability to score efficiently for the Warriors. Uh, 24-46 in the paint for the Warriors, so 48 points in the paint, but they do it at an over 50% clip. It was even better than that in the first half, and you know, 14 to 35 wasn't going to cut it. You can't be 14 to 35, 40% in the paint. The Warriors were much more patient. They weren't driving into a wall of defenders and just flailing up shots that could easily be blocked. Only three block shots for the Lakers tonight after 10 in game one. And, you know, they didn't have to send double teams really at Davis because Draymond took care of it. They didn't have to play zone because Draymond took care of it. So those are a couple of things that they can keep in their back pocket for future games moving forward. Uh, Tony and Alameda next here, 888-957-9570. Hey, Tony, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, uh, good evening. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, hi. Um, the first game, after the game when we lost, I called I called the radio station. I said, uh, we're going to get swept if Anthony Davis gives this up with his double-double rebounds. And, and I said, after that, we have to use someone else to, to get his energy out. And I said, uh, Michael Green needs to bump him for about four or five minutes, and Looney will be coming in from the bench. I'm not saying that he's going to be sick in that two, two hours before the game and saying, oh, he can't play. I don't know how that happened, but I called it. But anyway, bottom line, okay, they took uh, AD out of there. He was, he was not in the bottom. He was not even in the pain because Michael Green was shooting from the outside, and that helped us there because, Green, I mean, AD would have got – more rebounds if he was under paint and he would be scoring. So we all spread out, and they were doubling Curry all the time. So Curry was able to see everybody out there, Divisenzo, Clay, Jermichael Green. So it, it kind of helped our the, – actually, Steve Kerr made this adjustment. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip my hat to him. And, I, and the way they win is 27 points. It was a big adjustment. So we could have won the first game. But it's okay. We'll, we'll do it again. It's the third game. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate it, Tony. I, I, you know, I think now if you're the Lakers, and who knows how much they were really going after it once 
things got away from him. I mean, you could make the case, and we talked about this a little bit earlier today on 95-7, the game, the fact that the Lakers, as an older team, almost have to really pick the games they're going to go after. And when certain games look like they're getting away from them, maybe they have to just let those games go in an attempt to build their energy level back up for the next game. And you saw them, you know, they went hard and got game one in Memphis. And then game two got away from them. They let it go. Game three and four, they won. Uh, Game five got away from them a little bit in Memphis with the Grizzlies trying to stay alive at home. And they let that one go. And, And it turned into a comfortable Grizzlies win, but then they come back in game six and they blow the doors off the Grizzlies and beat them by 40 to, to move on to the second round. So I think, you know, the way that the Warriors played tonight is more important than than what the score wound up, because I do think part of it was the Lakers maybe trying to conserve moving forward for two games that they probably look at in L.A. as games they have to win both if they're going to win this series. Like th- To me, it, and, and this is usually the case, the team without home court advantage, if they can come in and steal one of the first two, then you got to make it stand up by winning three and four. And so if the Warriors can, can obviously split one of those two, it all comes back here Wednesday for game five, and then the Warriors have the advantage again. Uh, but if, if the Warriors can go down there and, and quickly grab game three and play – Similarly to the way they played tonight, then look out, uh, you know, at, at that point in time. But uh, I, I still think this series is is destined to go long. I think the Warriors have to like the fact that they've made as many threes as they have to this point. I think they have to like the fact that Steph Curry hasn't had a game where he's just absolutely gone 50-piece Sacramento Game 7, Steph. Uh, at this point, I think the the – Warriors have to like the fact that Anthony Davis has had a monster game for him, but he's been really hit or miss. He's He's been outstanding or just kind of, uh, and tonight he was just kind of, uh. and so will he be outstanding again, and for how many games can he be outstanding? You know, Clay, is Clay going to shoot the way he shot tonight for three more games in this series? If he does, the Warriors are winning the series, but we've seen that, you know, tonight might go down as, the, the, the big clay game in terms of efficiency in this series. So it's who's going to get what from where and how many times that ultimately decides how these things are won. But no doubt the Warriors have to feel really good about what they were able to do in this game, which was all but uh, a must-win situation. 888-957-9570. Ricky in Boston next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ricky. What's up, Ricky? Oh, we lost Ricky. All right. Uh, from Ricky, Ricky will give us a call back, uh, although it is getting late in Beantown. Uh, Chris and San Leandro next here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Chris. What's good, J.D.? I just want to say that for some reason, uh, during the King series, I was on the edge of my seat, and I felt like, um, I was holding my breath, and I felt like that was such a tough series. But entering game one, for some reason, this Lakers series, I was more at ease. Like, I feel like, not like looking ahead, but I think Bonte said it too, like, I feel like this that King series might have been our toughest series to date if we go all the way to the finals. But I just want to say we, uh, we played a great game two. We made the adjustments, and I was good with game one too. Um, I, I feel like we played well, well enough to win. I just want to uh, 
uh, hear what you say about uh, Jordan Poole's minutes today. And I felt like that uh, all the fouls, and especially that foul to end the half was idiotic. Um, I just want to hear what you say about that. He wasn't great tonight. Uh, you know, it was a bad Jordan Poole game. I think you like the fact that it's a plus eight on a bad Jordan Poole game. But, yeah, the 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 fouls there at the end of the half, the miscues, some bad shots, some some really bad misses. I mean, it, was, it wasn't Jordan Poole's night. But the Warriors were able to only play him 16 minutes tonight and get enough other contributions from other players, mainly DiVincenzo and Moody, who I think helped make up for those minutes to where – Steve Kerr had an option. I think a lot of these times where where Poole hasn't played well, Kerr's kind of looked around and thought, well, he's still the best option. I got to leave him out there. And that's where it's gotten a little bit dicey uh, when Poole has been struggling. There's no doubt if, if you're a Warrior fan, though, you got to feel better about game one after watching game two. Because it's one thing to hear everybody say, confidently that that they like certain things didn't like other things can correct these things these you know different things will be will be better or different the next game but then when you see him go out and execute it like tonight if I'm a warrior fan I'm looking at this win and it being 1-1 and thinking okay they you know what all that's all that smoke they were talking about the way that they played and liking it despite the result and all of that okay that rings a little more true to me now once you get this second win in as dominant a fashion as, as the Warriors were, were able to get it. As far as it being more at ease and, and all of that uh, from ser- one series to the next, I, I do think the, the Kings series was an edgier series. But I think, you know, Sacramento, may, you know, the Lakers still have a little bit of too cool in them, right? It's LeBron, it's AD, it's this team that's kind of cobbled together that looks pretty cohesive for the most part early on. But there's just a little bit more of a of a lighter feel to it early with both teams kind of going back and forth, knowing that once this thing really starts to get into full swing, that the intensity level is, is going to ramp up in a big time way. I it, it, Look, the, the Warriors are going to be challenged. Uh, the, the King series, I think there's something to a weight, even though the Kings were the three seed, but a weight on the Warriors of, well, you're not, you're not really going to lose to the Kings. Right, no, and no disrespect to them, but it's like I, I do think there was an angst and a and an edge and a and a hey, the Kings were coming to basically take what the Warriors have had for for all this time, and and they you know knew the secret sauce because of Mike Brown, and and they were young and they were going to run and they were going to shoot and they have all these different plays. So I, I think there was a, a, almost a feeling as if. Maybe the Warriors had a little bit more to lose in that series, even though they were still the six seed and the and the Kings were the three seed, because so many people believed going into that 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 the Warriors were going to win that series, and I think win it without being challenged to the level that they were challenged. I think now it's more, hey, you're going up against LeBron and AD. You might win, you might lose, but you know you you feel, and I think part of it is the fact that the Lakers just don't have as many consistent scorers they're a little bit older so it feels more even in that department and and let's be honest we've seen this before with Draymond and Anthony Davis where Draymond takes it to him and makes Anthony Davis ineffective we've also let's be honest we've seen Steph and LeBron before four times and we've seen Steph Curry's team come out on top three of those four times and you could make the case it probably should have been four out of four if Draymond Green doesn't get suspended. So I, I think 
you know, some of what the Warriors have been able to do and, and look, completely different teams and times and all of that and, and some of those years, especially the Durant years, I mean the Warriors were clear cut, hands down, without a doubt, unequivocally the best team. But the Warriors basically started taking pieces away from LeBron in a lot of those series and making him have to be the one man band and strength in numbers beat the one man band. And I think, you know, you look at tonight and there were times where it looked like LeBron was the one-man band tonight and didn't have a lot of help. And the Warriors made it that way. And then the Warriors were the team that was getting help from everybody with five starters and double figures and Steph commanding the game and Moses Moody coming up with 10 off the bench and, and DiVincenzo and, and and all of that. And so uh, I think that there is a there is a, you know, in some ways no upside playing the Kings there's there's upside in playing the Lakers, which I think to to some Warrior fans can be a little bit more of a relief. All right, Josue in Fremont. What's up, Josue? Hey, what's up, JD? Uh, a great show, great win. Great to hear you on the air. Uh, shout out Dub Nation, huge win. A uh, few takes, but I'll keep it quick. I know you got a lot of people on the line. Uh, I don't need to say much about Clay's performance. It was, you know, nuclear. I loved Steph's efficient game. It looked not like your typical Steph Curry game, but like almost Steve Nash-esque, really efficient shooting the ball and just dropping dimes. And I felt like Wiggins' impact was a lot bigger than his 11 points. And I don't know exactly why. Maybe you can help shed some light on that. And obviously Draymond, huge four game. And I just liked undercover. I think you and Steiny were talking about this earlier, like how LeBron's really good at like playing about 75% and then going when he has to. But Moody's backdoor cut on him to a big dunk at the hoop. I kind of just seeing LeBron take uh, some plays off and seeing like that he's human. I think they're going to do a lot more of that and force him to play hard and uh, see how he holds up. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're spot on as far as that goes. And there were times where LeBron, it looked a little bit more like regular season LeBron, I thought, as far as that goes uh, as well, where he would get beat, especially the team before they they made all the trades. Uh, Looking at Wiggins and Draymond in particular, if you're plus 35, you're, you're bringing it. And and Wiggins, I thought, was bringing it defensively tonight, energy-wise tonight. I just thought he looked... He just looked more bouncy tonight. I thought Dray- Draymond looked like, you know, shot out of a cannon Draymond in, in this game. He looked a little bit like that in game one, and then he got in foul trouble, and then he never really got back into a rhythm. I mean, Draymond was was attacking everybody tonight. It was vintage Draymond in, in this game. I mean, 11-11-9, he's flying around everywhere. He's, he's rendering Anthony Davis useless. I mean, Draymond was... He was he was tremendous. I mean that that was a playoff vintage Draymond Green get the job done kind of a performance. All right, before we pause here, let's get our secret sauce of the game. Why did the Warriors win or lose tonight? They win. They win in big fashion, one twenty seven to one hundred. The secret sauce of the game is brought to you by Proposition Chicken. This chicken goes three ways: fried, flipped, and fake. Now available in nine Bay Area locations, or you can order now at Proposition Chicken. Dot com And, uh, yeah, a lot of things the Warriors did well in this one. How about 38 assists for the Warriors? The ball movement was much better. It was crisp. 
uh, they, they were attacking in the paint, uh, but the secret sauce, I think, tonight is the improvement in the paint for the Warriors and closing the gap in terms of the free throw line. The Warriors had a major advantage in game one, a 45-point advantage in terms of three-point makes, but they still got beat because the Lakers made up the ground at the free throw line and in terms of points in the paint and doing it at a 57% clip in game one today. The Warriors flipped that. Warriors improved themselves from 14 to 35 in the paint to 24 46, a 12 percentage point uh, advantage over where they were in game one. And so the Warriors get credit for that. Uh, they've made life a little more difficult on the Lakers. Only 21 makes in the paint for 42 points after the 54 in game one. So they cut down there. They moved the basketball. And uh, the not-so-secret sauce of the game was the 21 threes at an even more efficient clip than it was on Tuesday night. 21 of 42 for the Warriors. So that's your secret sauce brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Again, propositionchicken.com. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. We'll get to Lex. We'll get to Ricky. It's all coming up right here on 95.7 The Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Thrown to Mooney, goes baseline for a dunk. They caught James not looking. James will hold it in the backcourt. He'll dribble it out. At the end of the quarter, the Warriors lead 110 to 80. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Yeah, how about that? Moses Moody beating LeBron James on a back cut. Warriors up 30 at that point. LeBron was frustrated. He fouled Moody on the three ball. They tried to review it didn't work out picked up a technical uh warriors getting the best of lebron and the lakers tonight 127 to 100 back here inside chase center final segment as we keep this thing rolling until 11 o'clock here tonight with the six o'clock tip 888-957-9570 we're gonna hear from steve kerr and draymond green coming up between now and 11 but uh, we do want to get back to the phones here and let's go back to Lex in North Carolina. Lex is up next here. What's up, Lex? What's going on, J.D.? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. First-time caller. I've uh, been loving the show. 
I just want to say, man, shout out to the Warriors. Shout out to everybody did their things. Uh, Steve Kerr, uh, Draymond Green, being up AD, real good job. Jermichael Green hitting those shots, stretching the floor for us. We really needed that. And Clay Thompson going God mode, man, just amazing. I was going to say two things. Uh, I feel like if the Warriors can make it all the way to the end, man, this might be one of the hardest runs, like, ever. Like, we're size challenged. We're going up against all these big teams. But hopefully with the schematics and us doing our thing, we got the Splash Brothers. I think we'll be good. Hopefully we'll be good. And uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you, like, it seems like Dennis Schroeder is being real aggressive on Steph Curry with a lot of hand checking. Do you think it's anything that Steph can do to maybe use his aggressiveness against him, maybe some rip-throughs to, you know, get us into the bonus a little earlier? That's what I got to say. Thank you, J.D. Keep doing your thing. Yeah, Appreciate it, Lex. Uh, Lex checking in from North Carolina. I, I think the best thing he can do is to just keep the ball moving and get it back and continue to look to attack and not try to get too caught up in – trying to draw a lot of attention to what to what Schroeder is doing. And, and Schroeder has been clutching and grabbing and, and doing everything that that teams try to do. I think the more the ball is in his hands as this series goes on and the more the Warriors make the Lakers pay for the way that they're defending him by, by using the pass first, he's going to get more opportunities later on in the series to, to look to go in attack mode. And I think that's when you try to take advantage of all of that and 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 then maybe draw a little bit more attention to it, uh, but yeah, Schre- how about Schroeder getting into it with with Draymond and another little game, another game two leg grab, uh, didn't turn into what it turned into in the last series a couple of weeks ago in in Sacramento, but uh, much ado about nothing, I guess, after they wound up reviewing it, common foul and the like, but Draymond and Schroeder going toe-to-toe after that one. And Schroeder can be a little bit of a sneaky guy. <laughs> he can be a little bit of a uh, of a of a low-key, uh, you know, might be might be looking to, to do something when the when the officials aren't aren't looking uh, necessarily. But uh, as that one got reviewed, not not really a big deal. Uh, and and on to the next. All right, Ricky in Boston is next here on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, Ricky. My man JD, man, what's going on, brother? What's going on tonight? Yep, I got you loud and clear, man. Hey, How you hey. been? Awesome, man. I'm, I'm actually driving right now to Encore. I got my Clay Thompson jersey on. I got it proudly. I don't care what the people in Boston have to say, man. I'll fight them all if I have to, man. Let's go Warriors. Clay had this phenomenal game. I knew he had it in him, right? right? Moving without the ball, hitting Jays, complete opposite of game one, especially that third quarter in game one. he was I think he missed like six three-pointers in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Tonight in the third quarter, he was just phenomenal, man. He was on fire, bro. You know, I, I like the only thing that I will say is like I want to see Clay. What I didn't see in Game One is I want to see him score in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, that's when you separate like the ballers from like the Hall of Famers. Man, ballers can score at any any time. Hall of Famers can deliver the game for you. So if the opportunity comes and presents itself again, I want to see Clay score in the fourth quarter with three minutes left, man. With that being said, Happy Cinco de Mayo, Viva los Warriors, Cabrones. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Ricky in Boston, 888-957-9570. I think you'll take exactly what you got from Clay Thompson tonight. Point blank, bottom line, end of story. You'd take that any night from Clay Thompson, whether he's scoring in the final couple of minutes of the quarter or not. I mean, he, he was all over it 
taking good shots, I thought, tonight for the most part, and rhythm shots. And the Warriors have shown again, once the, the crowd starts to get into the game, the momentum starts to flip, that's when they can get on that nuclear kind of a run. And they really had a couple of quarters of, of a nuclear kind of a run in them with the 84-47 advantage that they had in the in the middle two of this one. All right, uh, 888-957-9570. We still do have some time to sneak in a couple of more phone calls between now and 11 o'clock. But let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media downstairs here in the interview room at Chase Center as the Warriors beat the Lakers 127-100. to Second and third quarters were obviously huge quarters for you guys. What did you think uh, turned the turn it there? What what happened in those two quarters? Uh, <clears throat> I thought we just played simple basketball. kept kept uh, our turnovers down, moved the ball. Um, our guys were playing with a lot of force, a lot of um, aggressiveness, um, but making good decisions within. Um, you know that 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 aggression, and and that's the key. Can you find that balance? Can you play with pace and and uh, confidence, and 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 yet make make really simple decisions, hit singles, and and just move the ball? I thought Steph was brilliant. You know, in the first half, he he wasn't really going like offensively, but he was just running our team, and and uh, Clay got it going, and our defense was. You know, kind of uh, fueling our offense, and uh, we connected the game really well. Coach, obviously, um, Clay Thompson was spectacular tonight, but Jamichael Green, he seemed to have been one of the adjustments made from game one to game two. And I mean, 15 points, 12 minutes, 50% from three. It seemed that he helped spacing on the floor. Would, you know, what would you say about the fact that you decided to go with him in the starting lineup and then later <clears throat> and how much he helped you guys tonight? Well, number one, I'm just proud of J. Mike. It's been a tough year for him, you know, um, for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, he missed some time with uh, a few different ailments. And then uh, when he was healthy, you know, I, he was out of the rotation. I didn't play him a whole lot, and uh, he just stayed ready. And and um, you know, he um, took advantage of of his opportunity. And this uh, this seemed like a series for him, just with um, the way the Lakers are are playing us defensively. And um, I couldn't be happier uh, for J. Mike. He he's really earned this by by just staying positive and staying ready. Steve, what did you think of, of Draymond's defense, particularly on, on uh, Anthony Davis, especially as you guys went to that small? Yeah, Draymond was brilliant. I mean, you know, this is uh, the guy who, um, you know, we have to have. You know, he's our, our engine, and um, we decided to, you know, to put him on Davis tonight from the start. And um, I thought he, he got us off to a good start defensively just with his aggressiveness. And we talked a lot about the free throw discrepancy after, after last game. I mean, the Lakers took more than 10 less you guys took about 10 more I think what did you see from your aggressiveness assertiveness that you guys were focusing on after game one yeah we did a better job of defending without fouling and staying aggressive I'm sitting here looking at uh, the game one box score right here so this says they outscored us 29 to 6 from the foul line so Raymond Ritter clearly did not put the right box score um, next to the podium so you know do you have it do you have game two okay thank you yeah it's good it's 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 good to have someone competent who can get the right box score um, next to me thank you steve steve over here on uh on 
on your right. You've often referred to Clay's 37-point quarter as a religious religious experience. When he goes up like he does in the third and he hops around like game six, Clay, what is that kind of experience like? Well, that's uh, that's the best version of Clay, you know, when he's uh, when he's really going offensively, but he's taking great shots, and that's um, – that's what I liked about tonight. I just thought we got really good shots, you know, um, 21 for 42 from three. Obviously a great per- uh, percentage, but I think the percentage was a reflection of uh, the clean looks we were getting and um, the, the the fact that the guys weren't forcing anything. They were just, the ball was moving. They were just moving it to the open guy. And, uh, and Clay obviously can get really hot really fast. And it's more likely to happen when we're moving the ball like we did tonight. Steve, to clarify, uh, could Looney have started? Was he okay to start? And also, could you take us a little bit more inside the decision? So, yeah, so what happened was uh, literally two hours before game time, uh, Loon uh, came down um, pretty ill. And um, so I talked to Rick Celebrini, and he said that Loon probably won't be able to play more than um, 20 minutes or so, and uh, given his, uh, his illness. And um, it's tough to play a guy 20 minutes when you start him because then he ends up sitting forever and there's there's kind of some awkward, uh, you know, lengthy periods on the bench and it's it's hard to find a rhythm. So we decided to bring him off the bench and that would help his rhythm a little bit more. We could limit his minutes and um, we knew we were going to play Jermichael anyway, um, like we did in game one. So we just decided to start Jamichael and and get the floor spacing that he offers and uh, and J Mike was great. You know he just he knocked down some threes and you know he's aggressive and athletic and um, and and obviously uh, played a played a great game. Following up on on Draymond after game one, he said that he was disgusted with the way he played. Did you sense a difference in energy tonight with him, especially the way that was able to to permeate to the rest of the team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime we lose and Draymond has a, a game that uh, is disappointing for him or he, he doesn't think he's played his best, um, you know how he's going to respond. He's the ultimate competitor. And he came out tonight and he was um, aggressive from the beginning. Um, I loved his, his game at both ends. Um, he rebounded, he defended, um, he got the ball moving. Um, so Draymond was, was brilliant. Another byproduct of Clay's big night, you got to rest everybody in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the series is every other day. How, how big is that, just being able to rest your veterans? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we we didn't play anybody more than, I think Clay played 31 minutes. That was, uh, it was tops on the team. So it's good for us to not have anybody else over, over 30 and keep Clay at 31. And, um, you know, given the nature of the game, they were able to do the same thing, you know, resting their guys in the fourth, I think, uh, you know, both teams should benefit from that going into game three. I think you started Clay on defense on uh, D'Angelo. Was that correct? Yes. And was that, do you think that got him in the game maybe a little? Sometimes you said that if you get Clay on somebody and it kind of gets him mentally into the game. Clay is capable of guarding pretty much anybody, not, not centers, but one through four he can guard. And um, he really likes guarding the ball. I think that's his best defensive attribute. And uh, so he did a nice job, um, you know, right away, just uh, getting into the ball and, and um, you know, taking on that challenge of, of D'Lo. And, and, um, and you know, it, it, everything seemed to click tonight and you know, went, went our way. But... Um, you never know how game three is going to go. So we've got to be ready for, for whatever comes our way. And just given their lineup, 
Did you sense that this Clay might be a guy to, to be able to spring loose in this series? Just they don't have an overwhelming amount of wing defenders over there. I mean, Clay can always get going. It doesn't matter how many wing defenders the opponent has. Clay is always capable of uh, getting loose. Um, I think the, the key, again, um, you know, we had 38 assists, so the key for us tonight was getting the movement, getting the flow, and just hit, c- continuing to hit singles and not not try to force anything. And um, so Clay, when we do that, Clay tends to get uh, really clean looks, and that's what happened tonight. Steve, the last time. All right, so Steve Kerr there, a little sample of him in the Bill King interview room here inside Chase Center, talking about a lot of different things, including Clay Thompson and uh, the job that he did defensively. Yeah, he was on D'Angelo Russell at the beginning of the ball game tonight, getting into a rhythm offensively, hunting those good shots. Actually, it didn't feel like he was hunting them, and it usually doesn't, though, when they're going in. Uh, but uh, 18 makes for Clay Thompson, 8 of 11 from 3. You'll take that any night, as we've talked about here a lot on Warriors wrap-up and more details on what was going on with Jamichael Green and Kevon Looney and Looney's illness, which led him to only play a little under 12 minutes in this ballgame tonight. And it opened the door for Jamichael Green, and Jamichael Green did the rest, 15 points in 12 minutes, knocking down three three-pointers and helping the Warriors to even this series at 127 to 100 and now 1-1 going into Saturday. Omar in Oakland, a couple calls here before we call it a night on 95-7 the game. What's going on tonight, Omar? I mean, I'm doing good, brother. You know, I'm not a Laker or Warriors fan, but watching the game, we knew the Warriors was going to win because they were a desperate team and they, they couldn't go down 0-2. And the Lakers let their foot off the gas. But I admit, Clay was great. I just feel like Clay and uh, AD, they cancel out each other because they'll perform one game and then they'll disappear for a game or two. So the X factor is going to come down to role players in game three and game four. And I feel like if AD can reproduce what he did game one, similar to it, not 30 and 23, but 20 and 15, I think the Warriors will still be in trouble because they don't have no answer for AD. And it will have to take a miraculous games from Steph and Clay. And uh, that's what I wanted to say, and I'm just disappointed in Ricky from Boston. Like, come on, man, you were supporting the Warriors in Boston? Man, you should be kicked out the city, brother. <laughs> well, Ricky has said, and thanks for the call, Ricky has said that he'll take on any and all comers in Boston, man, in, in his Warriors, and even did it during the finals. He was calling during the finals last year, going to play pickup late night at, at some park or gym in, in Boston and, and repping the Warriors uh, all, all the way. Uh, through that, through the finals. So if he lived to tell that story, then uh, I, I think Ricky's a real one in in Boston, uh, hanging out and and supporting the Dubs. Uh, let's get uh, our final call of the night. Uh, that guy in San Francisco, and then uh, I'll, I'll react to a couple other things Omar said that I jotted down. But that guy, uh, you are the final caller of Warriors wrap up for Game Two. What's going on tonight, man? Hey, J.D., my guy, appreciate you taking my call, brother, uh, and appreciate you going overtime, man. You, you're holding You're the Kavon Looney of broadcasting. <laughs> um, hey, uh, just a quick uh, quick point. I think this is going the way all the experts called it, a split. I mean, we thought we would probably get game one, but nonetheless, it's a split. And put, if you could put your, uh, your coaching cap on for a minute, and this is like a heavyweight fight, right? We've seen the first couple of rounds. One went to this 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 guy. The other one's going to the Warriors. 
So going down to L.A., what do you think Kerr needs to anticipate and or do to counteract like a chess match with the what the Lakers are going to do? And what do you think they're going to do after the blowout tonight uh, to make adjustments on their end? Appreciate it, J.D. Have a good one. Be safe, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thanks, that guy. Appreciate it. I, I think the one thing that, that would concern me, although I would never admit it if I'm Steve Kerr, is will the offense that the Warriors have had in these first two games travel? Because we've seen the Warriors defensively not quite be the same team when they've gone on the road this year. But offensively, it they, they just have had so much less margin for error in – the games on the road and and it's not that they can't play well enough to win we just saw them do it a couple of times in Sacramento which was a hostile environment but do they have the patience to play the way that they're going to have to play a much more disciplined game rather than the free-flowing take all the three-pointers you want get up and down the court type of type of of style there as far as is what the Lakers do you know, they're going to have to get Anthony Davis going you know, they're they're going to have to figure out how to get back to the level of production they got in the paint in game one compared to game two because they were not nearly as efficient in game two. And in, in total, uh, they were, uh, you know, 12 points uh, to the negative in, in comparison. They also want to get to the free throw line more. Now, the free throws were even. I think the Lakers know because of the three-point disparity, which is probably going to be there in every series, that they're going to have to try to really attack and get to the free throw line, make the Warriors foul them more. And, you know, as far as just, you know, defensively, I think the Lakers have to try to do a better job of running the Warriors off of the three-point line. And so I think that's going to be – you know where where they're going to have to focus, but but typically it's it's the emotional difference between the team that loses and tries to get it going the next game. Uh, but I think does the Warriors shooting hold up? That would be a question. Uh, I think that would that would be something to to absolutely keep a, an eye on uh, moving forward. All right, I'm up against it, so we're going to go ahead and call it a night here uh, as the Warriors get the job done by 27. Uh, quick turnaround. I'll be back tomorrow with Dibley, Dan Dibley, on the afternoon show. I'm sitting in for Mark Willard. So I'll be on from 2 to 6 and then on a plane to Los Angeles following the show tomorrow evening. Warriors this week is going to come your way from Los Angeles 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Uh, on Saturday afternoon and then over to the Crypt, Crypto.com Arena for Warriors Live, which will start at 4.30 with the tip-off for Game 3 of Round 2, the Western Semifinals, to begin at 5.30. So thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios for cutting up the highlights and, and everything, answering the phones. Excellent job by everyone. We'll talk to you again tomorrow from 2 to 6, and then Saturday from 10 to 1, and with Warriors Live an hour before tip-off at 4.30 from L.A., going to be fun to get back out on the road with the Warriors again here uh, in the playoffs as this series continues. Warriors, get the job done. 127 to 100. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow and on Saturday. We got all your Warriors coverage right here on 95.7 The Game.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.